You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. The views and opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily represent those of the network, its advertisers, owners, or sponsors. Are we on the air? We are. Are we here? Okay, cool. (laughs) Hey, hello. Hi. How are you? This is, uh, uh, what show is this again? Punk Wisdom. Oh, I'm like, I just had a huge brain fire and I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. And obviously things have changed up a little bit just for tonight. Our good friend, Allison is ill. She came home from work today and she's like, I feel terrible. And so I like said, go and stay home or don't go, just stay home. And so she did. So it's just me and the wonderful Jess. Hello. Hope you feel better quickly, Allison. And then my beautiful, amazing, awesome, talented, I'm trying to come up with some more, but I can't. Kirsten, my daughter. Um, hello. Hi. Are you planning on changing your hair color again? Because it's kind of grown out and it looks kind of oh, cool, but uh, it's just kind of. I think of, it looks cute. In the summer, yeah. In the summer, you're going to wait, you wait that long? Yeah, I told my mom to um, pick a random color. You, so you're going to let mom pick the color for you? Yep. Awesome. Okay, cool. So be it. Anyway, yeah, there's a flu bug going around. So Allison's hoping that she doesn't have it, but Ugh, who knows? I hope too. Um, and because she says she rarely gets sick, I rarely get sick anymore. So if it hits, it's gonna hit hard. Right. So I'm I'm hoping yeah. for. But um, uh, let's let's start off right away with uh, our. We have a Twitter that we have not used very often yet, so we apologize. So if you're following that, um. I will start posting on it. It's uh, at PunkWise, I believe. I looked it up, and we have a whopping four or five followers. So um, it's probably because we're not using it right now. And then our Facebook is at PunkWiser17. Kirsten17. Is she wise? I We might find out tonight. And then our email is PunkWisdomFamily at gmail.com. So please, uh, you can send your questions. You can send your comments. You can tell us you hate us. You can tell us you love us. I don't care. Just talk. Um, that's what we're here for. I, I take any and all, um, it's next to impossible to offend me. So have at it and try. Um, I thought since Alice is not here and I've got free reign to do whatever the damn well I want. Um, <laughs> Danger. <laughs> I am going to totally spoil Star Wars for you. So sit back for the next 15, 20 minutes, I want to tell you everything. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm not going to do that. I saw it last night. Um, I, I originally bought a couple of tickets for Kirsten and I for the 22nd. And it was like a full week after the opening. I'm thinking, there's no way in hell I'm going to be able to stay away from the internet for a week. No, it's impossible now. <laughs> That's a lot of people do spoilers. Oh, uh, yeah, like- yeah, yeah. And, and I was late into buying the pre-order tickets. Uh, I didn't have the money at the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, tickets are, what, 12 bucks a piece now? And so coming up with both, yeah, mm-hmm. so coming up with like 40 bucks, I'm like, I don't have that cash on me right now to do that. So I didn't, and I had to wait, and now they're sold out everywhere. So I bought the tickets for Kirsten and I that day because I just happened to have that day off of work. Um, so we're doing that, and I was like, there's no way in the world I'm going to wait a week. So I started looking and looking and looking and looking, and there's like no places that had two seats together unless you want to sit in the way front or in a corner someplace, and it's just terrible seats. I'm like, do I really want to sit in a terrible seat to see this movie? No. I mean, even though I really want to see the movie. So I I sacrificed, not really. I bought one (laughs) ticket for myself for opening (laughs) night. (laughs) I figure, hey, I'll leave school a half hour early because they don't care, and I'll go straight to the movie theater, and that's exactly what I did. And it was funny because every time I bring this up, uh, all the time I brought this up today, people are like, well, is it crowded? And I'm like, honestly, I showed up 20 minutes early. It's reserved seating. So I walked in, flashed my ticket, walked straight into the theater because I brought myself my own drink. Mm-hmm. And I didn't stand in the concession line at all. And I just walked, sat there. And I didn't. there was like five or six people in the theater total at the time just because it's all reserved. So mm-hmm. people are showing up last minute. Right. When it started filling up, people started talking about how crowded it was out in the theater, that mm-hmm. the concession they gave up on the concession lines because they were so stinking long. And I'm thinking, well, thank God I only brought my pop. <laughs> but uh, it was too— okay, you didn't need a $10 popcorn anyways. You know, I don't mind it because the movie theater popcorn, maybe not in the big chains. If you go to the smaller places that make it regularly and they don't 
Oh, Keep like the in the, the old school popping machine? Yeah. That's the best. That, yeah. And then I, I love that popcorn compared to the crap that we make at home. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the instant the microwave popcorn's okay, but the movie popcorn's like movie theater popcorn's better. Agreed. It's not um, the same. So I don't mind spending that if I'm going out with my my lovely lady. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I don't mind doing that. But for myself, I don't need that. You know, and so it was like twelve bucks, and I'm I was good. Um, great movie, by the way. I'm seeing it two more times because I then bought tickets for Ruth and I for Saturday night. <laughs> So, oh, you had to really like it if you're definitely going back to see it twice, two more times. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm a Star Wars geek. So, um, but with this particular movie, there's just so much that goes on. And there's so much in the story, and there's so much stuff that you wind up missing. I was talking to a guy at work today who was uh, who saw it last night too, and he was. We were both kind of bantering back and forth about it, and he's like, "I didn't know, I didn't see that, I didn't see that." And we were kind of pulling back and forth. I'm like, we got to go see this again. Um, so if you're a Star Wars fan, I would totally recommend seeing it a couple times. What is the order that this movie falls in that just came out though? It's number eight. Okay. So four, five, and six was made first. It uh, came out in 77. Then they released it in 79. And Mm -hmm. then I believe Empire came out in eight, 1980. And then Return of the Jedi came in 83. It was always three years apart. Oh, Okay. And then uh, episode one finally dropped in 1997, I believe, because I thought we took Kirsten in the year 2000 to see her first Star Wars movie when she was just an infant. Uh, <laughs> you, you slept through the whole thing. Just so you know. Obviously, I was a baby. <laughs> yeah. Um, episodes one, two, and three uh, came after four, five, and six. There was rumors that there was going to be a seven, eight, and nine, but George Lucas wound up selling, you know, the franchise, before, yeah. Yeah, someone up selling it before they actually did it, and then Disney went and did it. So um, anyway, yeah, so. One day I'll have to look up the order in which I'm supposed to watch these to follow the storyline correctly. So well, what's I'll nice the Star Wars thing up. is for story-wise, you can start from one and work all the way through, and that's not a problem. Right. I usually don't tell people to start with one because one, two, and three – Unless you're already a Star Wars fan, mm-hmm. you're probably not going to be all that thrilled with them. They're not the greatest movies in the world. Right. Um, the story of them is great. It's just the direct, it's just, it's just so much controversy. Those about are it. the ones that came out like in the 70s and 80s, though, right? No, the, the one, two, and three came out in early 2000s, towards the end of 90s and okay. early 2000s. Then I've, I've seen all of those, then. I just don't. I usually don't Remember tell people to start with those. That. I say you start with the ones that came out in the 70s and 80s mm-hmm. um, because then you see what it really is. And then you can go back and watch those other ones because by then, if you've made it through those three and you're still willing to keep watching them, you're already a fan. So yeah. then watching the first, watching one, two, and three isn't that bad uh, unless you really, really hate Jar Jar Banks, but I can't help you there. <laughs> um, so anyway, I, I did Star Wars. I'm doing it again Saturday, then doing it again on Friday. So – and then we're probably going to do it again over Christmas as a family because not all three of us have gone to see it together yet. So, um, I mean, if you're going to go see a movie like that, you don't want to miss stuff. So when you and your coworker are talking about, oh, yeah, I didn't notice that. It's always good to go back and watch it that second or third time and then everything <laughs> like sinks five. in. <laughs> and I'm a Star Wars geek, so I can watch it over and over and over again. I'm not gonna, it's not going to bug me. Um, but anyway um, – before we really – this – I'm not even going to get into the topic quite yet because there's one other thing I wanted to hit before we jump into uh, mental health and our – what we're going to talk about today was okay. the whole uh, net neutrality thing. Um, and this is going to be short, kind of. Um, I didn't know a lot about it. Neither do I. I'm a little bit in the dark on that one. And all I knew was that – Taking it out of the hands of the FCC was going to give more power to the corporations, which then they can start price jacking on things and so on. Mm. Uh, the whole Portugal thing was popping up on how they do their internet and so on. And I'm not saying at all that that's not going to happen. It will more, more than likely will happen. Our prices of internet will go up. Um, but the inner workings of it all was something that I didn't know about, which is – when the internet was born, it was underneath the Information Act, which they call Title I. And when Obama got in office, he decided to put it under Title II, which is the Telecommunications Act, which is what the FCC governs. Okay. He wanted government uh, more government regulation on it. 
So they, he says, if I give it to the SEC, then they're going to be able to regulate the internet more and rein in these corporations from price gouging and so on. Not like they were price gouging in the beginning anyway, because they haven't really done that yet, but not too many people are on it. Mm-hmm. Um, now that internet is huge and they realize how impactful it is with elections and so on, the government wants to get their hands into it more. Obviously, corporations want to do things. So it's it's a messed up situation. Um, there are no laws on the books at all for the Internet. There right. is zero. So there, the government has absolutely no control over the Internet. None. Mm-hmm. Which is something that some people aren't really grasping. I mean, right now there's nothing we can do. It's flipped. It's back in the under the Information Act again. And there's nothing you can do about it. So you can cry. You can scream. But they're not going to do anything about it. Um, our Congress had nothing to do about it. They could do nothing. So you calling your congressman wasn't going to help the situation, even though mm-hmm. people are saying, call your congressman. They can't do anything because it's the five people who are at, uh, on the board of the FCC were making that vote. It was just them. Hmm. So it wasn't your congressman. It wasn't anybody else. There's nothing they can do. Even now I'm seeing petitions pop up saying, hey, cry to your con- congressman and have this flip back. There's nothing they can do. Zero. So th- and soon as... Trump placed Ajit Paul as the head person of the FCC. It was already doomed, period. There was nothing we could do about it. Um, so it, not to scare people and make them think that there's nothing we can do. There's really nothing we can do. The problem is that there does need to be a bill. There needs to be a law to how the Internet works. And I honestly don't want our current Congress to make that law. Me either. They, both Democrats and Republicans have gone on record with Facebook and Google trying to get them to censor things and so on. So it's not mm-hmm. even a bi- it's not even a, a partisan issue. Both parties want censorship and want control over the internet. You don't want these old farts who know nothing about internet to be making laws about the internet. No, that's America, not China. Right. And so that that's the biggest problem we have right now because what we do need is we need a law but we don't want the idiots that are in Congress right now making that law. So we need to vote these morons out, put new people in, which is what we need to do anyway because mm-hmm. of the crap that they've been pulling to be able to make this law. Um, so unfortunately, over the next couple of years, we're probably going to see our internet prices go up. It's going to happen. But if there is a bright side to any of this, whoever gets elected into the presidency next time around, if it's let's say it's a Democrat and he doesn't like how it's working – he can just do an executive order just like what Obama did and mm-hmm. flip it back again. It, so it's because there's, since there's no law, the, the president can just keep doing executive orders and it can change every single mm-hmm. president if they wanted to. So hmm. as a consumer, you know, yeah, there's a possibility we can be screwed. There's a total possibility there and it sucks and our prices probably will go up and it sucks. But unfortunately, there's nothing we can do about it unless we all start cutting the cord and we start doing that. Then the corporation is like, well, maybe we need to start scaling back. So that's really – that's kind of what's going on. There's a podcast I listen to called Congressional Dish. I recommend it to everybody. Um, she really spends a ton of time talking about Congress and the bills they pass and how mm-hmm. it all happens. She watches hours and hours and hours of C-SPAN, all three channels, um, and she does a ton of research. She got into this. Her latest episode is about net neutrality. Mm-hmm. Um, and she really breaks it down. Um, so it just gives you an idea of how it all works. And so anyways, uh, totally recommend it. But that uh, that's net neutrality for you right there. Just so you know, you are, your prices will most likely go up. They're and- definitely going to. So many people cutting the cord when it comes to cable. Like the only way they can keep making as much money as they were making in past years is to jack up the price of Internet which they know everyone's going to pay for. So there's that. Yeah. And right, what's funny is not really funny. It's not funny. haha. But uh, play, companies like Comcast, it costs mm-hmm. a lot of money for Comcast to lay cable. Mm-hmm. So even though I work in a – I live in an apartment complex. Most apartment complexes years ago would sign some type of contract or whatever with a particular cable company, whether it's WOW or Comcast mm-hmm. or whatever. And then they were the only ones allowed to have internet access in that area. Right. Or not just internet, just cable in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
That law has now been off the books here in Michigan. Boom, there's no more. So anybody can do it. Problem is, wow is not going to come into my complex because they'd have to rewire the whole thing. Right. And that costs a ton of freaking money. So unless I can get a petition signed where everybody's going to switch over to wow, mm-hmm. they're not going to come in. So we're still stuck with Comcast. Oh, wow. Um, and that's the same way with a lot of different complexes. Uh, Chattanooga, Tennessee, is one of these rural uh the rural places where the Comcast or the major cable companies didn't want to go in mm-hmm. and wire it because it's going to cost too much money. Right. So a lot of these people didn't have internet access or they had really shoddy internet access, you know, mm-hmm. dealing with AT&T using a phone line or something, which AT&T right. sucks. <laughs> right. Well, their DSL even stinks. Um, or they're using satellite when satellite's even worse. Um, so what they did is they set up their own internet as a city as a community. And so it's part of their city taxes now where you can sign huh. up for, and their speeds, Comcast's fastest speed is what? Maybe 50, 60 megabytes per second? I don't know. Something like that. Well, their slowest speed in Chattanooga is one gig. Wow. And you can get up to 10 gigs, mm-hmm. um, which is a thousand times faster. Probably I'm not accurate there <laughs> than than what's available now and at a fraction of the cost the one gig speed huh. is 50 bucks a month as opposed to you pay for the highest speed on you know with comcast and you're paying what 100 bucks a month 120 bucks a month yeah so it's, it's, it's pricey. so they did their own did comcast get mad of course they got mad did they try to sue yeah did they win not a chance What's the problem? They weren't going over there laying down lines anyway. Exactly. Well, Google's been getting in the same problem. Google's been laying a lot of fiber optic lines in different cities, testing uh-huh. out their internet service. And they've, AT&T's been going after them, trying to sue them. And they're like, it's been getting thrown out of court every time. So yeah. it is possible to bypass these major companies. Hmm. And I think we're going to see a lot more of that starting, which I'm really, really hoping to. But anyway, same. Uh, that's net neutrality. Um, if I said anything wrong, please let me know because I probably did screw up somewhere. Um, so what's today about? Um, absolutely nothing. We're going to sign off in about two minutes because <laughs> I need to no, – I'm kidding. Um, mental health, we're still running mental health because mental health is very mental and I'm mental and – anyway – um, we started off with, uh, what was our first episode about mental health? I totally f- forgot. Um, I think it was different <clears throat> disorders. I know Chris and, and you talked about, um, did we start it with though? Our last one yeah. was, yep. Yep. <laughs> We've only done, this is only the second one, right? I believe so. Yes. <laughs> yep. Oh, gosh. First one, uh, Sarah, Allison, you can go ahead and send me a text and tell me I'm an idiot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Anyway, so yeah, so we were just talking about uh, mental health in general. Just I think living with it was what we were mm-hmm. talking about last, uh, not last week, but two weeks ago. We were talking about just living with it, living if you're the person who has it, or if you're somebody who are living with somebody who has it, and how that what that's like, and so on and so forth. And we just we, we covered right, autism, we covered bipolar, we covered. Um, I don't know if we got too, too much into depression and anxiety. No, not really. Um, but uh, we're going to get touch that a little bit today because my my idea today, uh, seeing there's only a few of us in here, um, I decided to drag Kirsten along. We had some other ideas, and I think there was a miscommunication at one point, and something kind of fell through, which kind of sucks. Um, hopefully, we can figure that out and get that together again, but we'll see. Um, mental health is such a huge, huge thing, so we might have more episodes about this. So we might not do them all in a row because people might get bored with that. Um, my two or three listeners I have, you know, so I, I will just cut back maybe a little bit. I'll talk to Allison about it. Um, but anyway, um, I figure what we'll do is uh, school um, because we have kids in school that have mental issues. And what's crazy is something I've always been – bothered by because of how because i'm mental health person too is this whole standardized standardized thing and i and the best way to describe it is like a, the standardized test like your meeps right. and your sats and, and uh, acts and stuff like that are all general standardized tests mm-hmm. um, there's a little comic that i'll post from time to time because i think it's funny um where noah i'm sure everyone knows of noah and the ark if you mm-hmm. don't know Noah in the Ark, I, you're living under a rock. <laughs> I'm kidding. There's my Noah is a guy 
I'll explain it real quick. Who the who God talked to him? Was, hey, dude, um, this world, all the people in it are a bunch of wicked people, and I'm going to kill everybody <laughs> with a flood. So, but you're a pretty cool dude, and I like your family. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm warning you that this is going to happen. I'm going to give you enough time to build a boat. And it's going to be a pretty massive boat. You need to make a really big boat because you're going to put two of every animal on there, male and female, obviously. You can't because they need to be able to reproduce. So it's got to be a massive, massive boat. Um, I'm not going to get into the weird stuff because the Bible actually says how big it was. And if you look at the dimensions of it, like there's no freaking way in the world all these animals fit on that damn boat. But whatever, that's beside the point. Uh, my point is Noah was supposed to put two of every animal onto this boat and save them from this worldwide flood. Mm-hmm. So this comic has Noah sitting at a table and he's got a ledger or whatever. And all these animals are lined up and there's got you got elephants and monkeys, you got birds, you got fish, and they're all lined up in line to, to get put on the boat. Mm-hmm. And Noah's like, all right, there's one test for everybody. It's really simple. If you can climb that tree. And come back down, you're on the boat. And the fish is looking around like, you got to be freaking kidding me. <laughs> I saw that comic. <laughs> yeah, so it's just, and it's the whole point is like, you standardized tests aren't for everybody. You can't mm-hmm. just, even IQ tests are the same way. And so you look at somebody's IQ score and like, oh, maybe, but that IQ test was made by a white male who knows nothing about the black community. So if a black person wrote, uh, wrote it, or took it, they might not get the same score, you know. So there's like, and it goes for the MEEPS tests and all those other standardized tests. Why do I bring that up? I'm using my hands. I'm like, I'm not Italian okay. at all, and I'm smacking your laptop. <laughs> I'm like 100% German almost, and I'm just like, what the heck? Anyway, so uh, I, I look at school in general as being that. I mean, they're like, they take one standard form, and this mm-hmm. is how they teach. And if you can't learn that way, sucks to be you. Um, and that's kind of how it, I mean, they're, I think they're slowly getting better. Uh, Very but, slowly. And, and Kirsten's going to be our, our, our hands on the spot, firsthand experience here because she's been going through it. So let me give you a little bit of background of Kirsten as much as she'll allow me and just tell me to shut up and you can't kick me because your legs aren't long enough, but your phone might hurt my head if you throw it at me. Um, so whatever, whatever you want to do, I'm allowing you to, or just tell Jess she can reach. Um, so Kirsten was born, what, almost two months early. You're a yeah, little preemie. Like and so seven months. Yeah. Okay. So not seven months. No, I mean like I was at seven months. At oh, seven months. Like, holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> I would have remembered that. <laughs> Um, so she was born a couple months early, which means she had different things that were needed to, you know, develop. She was behind in development at some, um, in the very beginning, obviously. Uh, we had her, we had to move through genetic testing with you, um, cause she had certain issues about her that we wanted to make sure they weren't and uh, wanted to find out if they were all linked in some type of way. So there was a lot of genetic tests done. Mm-hmm. We had her eyes tested before you were even were one year old and we knew you were going to be wearing glasses later. He, the doctor mm-hmm. was like, yeah, by the age of such and such, she's going to start wearing glasses. Um, so that was kind of cool to know cause it let us know ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of different tests that had, she had to go through. Um, you were in, bunch of different therapies. You had occupational therapy, you had speech therapy, you had physical therapy, you had all these different types of therapies trying to catch you up because you were behind. You have a cousin who was, what, three months younger than you? Two. Okay, cool. Um, one. I don't know. No, it's not one. She, her birthday's in September, isn't it? Yours is July? No. August. Hers is August? She was talking about Sammy in August. Was it August? Yeah. Oh. Um, Okay, well, she's not my kid, so don't worry about it. Um, so, so, anyways, uh, so it was not a good thing to compare, but we could compare the two of them a little bit um, because seeing how Sammy was born on time, and so she was your normal, as much as normal you can be, a kid, and we could see the progress that way of how Kirsten was a little bit behind and so on and so forth. And I'm not saying that you know you were stupid; you were just. Mm-mm. Yeah, it was just, you know. You, she didn't get to finish cooking yet. Exactly, exactly. So. That's all. <laughs> um, 
you went through a developmental kindergarten before we put you in actual kindergarten, which means you mm-hmm. are a year behind Sammy. Yep. Um, even though you guys are the same age, That's- which is which is fine because we you started off that way. Yeah. So it's not like you made a bunch of friends; they're moving on to a new grade, and you're you're still a year behind them. So it's you know like flunking at like sixth grade or something. Yeah. yeah. Um. So so that that kind of worked out. Um. And I think you never really had a problem with it anyway. I don't no. think you never. And we we were worried about it. Me and mom were worried about it that you would, might have an issue because Sammy was a year ahead of you, even though she was two months or a month younger than you. You know, but you seem to be cool with it. So I don't care. Well, that's what makes you cool. So, <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, we had the at the time I was I was working uh, the job itself was a, it was a good job at the time, and the insurance we had was freaking phenomenal because they paid for. All mental health stuff oh, in amazing. full. I mean, and it didn't matter what it was, and so we were able to take it to a specialist. I think way, not way out, but it was like almost like twenty-two mile in Van Dyke, um, and they specialized in what her issues were, and so they did a thorough. Uh, I don't know what you want to call it, inspection. Um, Copper. They had. They actually had the. Ther- they had a therapist there that works with all the schools, mm-hmm. and then so they did a bunch of different stuff, and evaluated her. I forget what age you were at that time, um, and just kind of gave us an idea of where she's at, where she needs to work on social skills, so on and so forth. And you were, I think, you were caught up with a bunch of stuff at that time too. Um, one of the last we found, and during that, we found out one of the last things that any that develops in any kid's brain is the. Part of the frontal lobe where it's uh, your reading comprehension and retention type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she was still behind kids her age with that. So that was something that they wanted to help her work with. They wanted to help her work with social skills because she has abysmal social skills at the time. I still do, but it was because of the autism thing. And that's why I still think that you are still in there. You've gotten a lot, lot better. Yeah, I'm still behind a little bit. but Yeah, you've gotten a lot better with that. Yeah. But anyway, that leads us into where we're at now. So we were able to take that to her school and say, here's what it is. What can you help us with? That was elementary school. Um, and that carried on to junior high and high school. Um, tell us a little bit about your experiences. I know and even though it's not that far back for you, but your memory is probably just as bad as mine, of your experiences in elementary school and junior high when it came to the IEP and the extra help that you were supposed to get because of you, who you are? Um, elementary school, I don't remember anything. I guess it went really well. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I don't Nothing remember. Nothing traumatic, you. though, or else you'd be like, oh, yeah, I remember this one time. Yeah, <laughs> nothing really. Um, middle school, IEP was actually great. Um, my, like, TCs that I had there, my teachers actually went through it and looked at it, and actually, and they were did pretty. They me. were pretty active with you. Oh yeah, they were. Yeah. And they gave you the accommodations you needed, like shortened tests or yeah, that was like, like that. totally perfect. Middle school and then high school. I remember the experience there because I remember talking to them, and it was it was a lot easier. I mean, right. for us as parents, it was like we felt comfortable. Because they were on task, they were on their ball, and they knew what they were doing, and they were doing the job well. Right. Um, so we were we were okay sending her to school, and I'm not saying that we weren't we wouldn't be okay sending her to school. It was just we knew that she was still getting the education. You she weren't needed. worried about her not getting what she needed from them, which I'm assuming is probably more of a concern now that you're in high school. Well, yeah. then high school came around, and so I'll start. Even though I've been talking my freaking ear off right now. Um, that's okay. Um, I'll start off because I, I went on a rant <laughs> just this year with the IEP, and I, I kind of get I kind of got lippy with the Hold people. On. Now, for people that don't know what that is, the acronym. What does IEP stand for? That's a very good question. <laughs> I actually don't know. <laughs> I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> uh, hello, Google. IEP. Yeah, I know, right? Send me the definition, Ruth. Um, <laughs> anyways. Individualized education program. Oh, okay. Um, Makes sense. 
And basically, it just kind of lays out, here's where this student is at with these different subjects, and here's what we recommend for the teacher to do. Right. Uh, which yeah. could be, we, you know, when she gets homework, she only has to do every other question as opposed to all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, she can take her tests in a different room with only one other person or a couple other people in that room, and they have a teacher dedicated and there to help them. Um, with the test, not actually give them answers, but ask they can ask them questions and so on. So it's a, more, a little bit more awesome. centered, specialized. It's more hands-on. Yeah, 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 yeah. As opposed um, to having 30 kids in a class where each kid is, well, a lot of kids learn differently than other kids. Some people, well, some kids or people in general can just read something and retain it. Some people need to read and listen to it and it sticks more. Some people need a visual, and that sticks more, or to physically write it. So you're right. Standardized does not work because there no. isn't a standard person on the planet. <laughs> no. It's not even a thing. Well, some people are, are, work with it well, I guess. But no, I, what's, um, what happened, and we're going to – we're not – and just so everyone knows, we're not going to name her school. We're not going to name her teachers. We're not going to name the TCs. We're not naming anybody. If you happen to know who we are, where we live, you could probably narrow it down. But we're that's all you're that's all you're going to get um, because I don't want to call anybody out. That's just not cool mm-hmm. with them not being here. Um, so we went our the first IEP meeting we had when she was a freshman in high school. They had in October, for, and honestly, they have all the IEP meetings. Every year in October, so a month and a half, they're already in school before we sit down and start talking about how they're going to, what accommodations they're going to give her. So she's already had homework. She's already had a test, probably one That's or two. Stupid. It's the stupidest thing in the world. I don't understand I it. Probably was failing. You were failing every time we've gone in there by that. So well, it makes, yeah, because yeah. there's a good month and a half, if not longer, where. You're not getting what you actually need. That's yeah. something that should be addressed at the beginning of the school year before school starts up so that you have the best chance at success. That's sort of the whole point of school so I'm not, and teachers. Yeah, right? So I'm not sure who made that rule up. And I'm Come not sure on. if that's the same way in every school district or not. Um, but it was that way with our particular school district. That's just way they did it. Um, I, again, I think it's completely stupid and ass and I didn't ask backwards. Um, but that's the way it is. And I know funding here in Michigan towards our schools is abysmal. Mm-hmm. Um, with uh, Betsy DeVos and now in charge of all this, who wants to go more private, they're pulling more and more money away from the public schools mm-hmm. than giving them. And so which is taking teachers and TCs and all the help for our students in public schools away because they just can't pay them. And this is why, and here's an example of that. That freshman year, she had a particular, Kirsten, I said she, I'm sorry. (laughs) Kirsten had a particular TC that she was appointed to. This particular TC, for whatever reason, I don't know, I don't remember why she left the first time, but you were with her for a couple months, I think. Like first two Right, so we actually had the IEP with her. Yeah. And then she up and gone. Yeah. What she when she was doing, I have no idea. And honestly, I didn't even ask point, her when she came back. I don't yeah, know. At this point, who really cares? Um, so she was appointed somebody new. So she already had two months working with somebody, trying to get to know this somebody. When you also, ha- when you have social issues like she does, mm-hmm. you need to warm up to different people mm-hmm. before you start opening up to people. Yeah. I think almost everybody needs to know people before they open up. Everybody to them. does. You don't just like meet somebody on the street and I walk up and say, hi, my name's Jessica. You want to hear something really traumatic about my life? Like nobody does yes, that. Please. You know? Um, yeah. But even mm-hmm. if you, in, but being anxiety ridden and so on with Kirsten, mm-hmm. that was, it just took it even further. So, I was very quiet. Well, yeah. Yeah. And, and you're not one to raise your hand and ask for help. Mm-mm. And that no. was also a big problem. Yeah. Um, because you wouldn't ask for the help. And so you'd just sit back and be quiet and you'd slowly start Because I'm failing. afraid. Yeah. You slowly for start some f- weird reason, I'm afraid. No, it's an anxiety thing. And that's yeah. perfectly normal for you. Right. Um, and that's what this all was all about. That's why the, they needed to 
make accommodations for you because of those issues while you start working through those issues, becoming better at it, which you have worked through and you are getting better. Oh, yeah. But in the beginning, they really needed to pay attention more and they didn't. Now, whether that was because of financial thing of the school or just an incompetency thing, I don't know exactly. But anyways, this TC up and left, which means now she has to get acquainted with somebody Mm. brand new. And Mm -hmm. start all over from scratch. And start over again. Yeah. And then we're looking a couple months into the school year. They take them away because her old TC comes back. And by mm-hmm. then, she's already failing a class. I think you were failing one or two classes at that time. Yeah. And the TC's mm-hmm. like, holy crap, we only have X amount of time before the end of the school year. We need to start working on you really hard. So it's like hammering her with homework and more homework and more homework to catch her up because she doesn't want her to fail. And at that time, my homework was not like modified. No. and at all. And so your anxiety is going through the freaking roof. Yeah. So. Yeah, once I got to high school, my anxiety went off the scale. And you started, and that's when you started your self-harming. Yeah, and my depression, my self-harm so started. So. And so that happened freshman year. You wound up failing yeah. biology that year. Yep. Uh, we go into sophomore year. That same TC's there um, that she had partially of the first year, mm-hmm. the beginning and the end, mm-hmm. um, which she does not like this woman at all. But we didn't have a choice. Right. So I'm like, you're going to have to get to know her. And I I use it as a life lesson too. You're going to go through life. You're going to meet people and have to work with people that you don't like. And that's just what you Mm got to do. I mean, I try to get along with her a little bit. But then the crazy part was she was pregnant. So come November, December, she was having her babies. So she up and left again. (laughs) And so Kirsten was stuck with a brand new person all over again, just a repeat of freshman year. There actually wasn't really anyone. Right. Well, what was funny is like I knew that we went to the IEP meeting in October and and I saw that she was pregnant. I'm like, hey, you're going to have a baby. And she goes, yeah. I'm like, well, um, have you guys got anybody lined up? Right. Who's going to take over while you're gone? She was like, oh, we don't have anyone. I'm sure somebody will be there. Well, guess Uh, what? Nobody was. And so again, how many classes did you fail that year? Two. Two, maybe three. Maybe. Well, you were almost failed three, but I think we were able to work three. three. Yeah. Because she wound up Bypass coming back one. towards the end of the year because, you know, after maternity leave and so on. And I'm not blaming her for that. I mean, you know, no, it's the school. Right. And whoever the superintendent, the principal is, you should already, I mean, okay, let's face it. Y'all had nine months to go ahead and figure this thing out and have somebody working with you. And that's how that should have gone was yeah. working with you and the woman who was there to help you so that you could build a personal relationship with her while that girl was still there before she had to leave. Yeah. And then when she came back, same thing happened. I was like last, you know, I was like in ninth grade. Oh, we got to catch you up. So they start hammering you at the homework Yeah. Again. I f- and guess what? I still failed those two classes yeah. and I still have to retake them this year, which I am well, actually you currently retaking taking, one. You took biology in summer school. Yep. And you had a teacher that is was, from, was sent from heaven. If, she was if, if, so heaven, amazing. if heaven exists, she's an absolute angel, oh and you gosh. passed the class with an A. So, yeah, congratulations! Um, it, it's amazing Thank what you. happens. Yeah. And I know summer school is a little bit different because they got to cram a whole year of well, uh, yeah, subject even more into a actually couple one of semester. Well, one semester, only do, what, three or four weeks or whatever. So anyway, um, semester is nineteen weeks, right? So they but so, they jammed all that into like two or three weeks. Three weeks, yeah. So, but she was able to. You know, she was able to uh, pass. And I, yeah. so even though it was she, a condensed version of it, you were able to pass with A's. Um, yeah, because my mom told her about my IP and then I told her about it, too. And she actually went through it with me and she didn't make me do everything everyone else did. She actually gave me modified homework, and like projects. And that's how I got an A. She was like really amazing. So I wound up going off this year to at the IEP meeting, kind of chewing them out a little bit because of all this that happened. And things have changed this year. I think things are a little bit better this year. But Kirsten, you go yeah. ahead and tell me um, or tell everybody um, just a little bit of your experience through uh, your high school so on. You don't have to get into the whole self-harming thing and so on and depression. We kind of got that idea that that yeah. was a byproduct of how things were handled and things that were or mishandled. 
mm-hmm. in your high school experience, which sucks because high school is supposed to be a fun time in life. Right, yeah. Um, and this obviously isn't so much. I think it's getting better, but you oh, tell yeah, me. Yeah. You tell me. Um, well, I'm a junior now, but my first two years of high school sucked. It was not great at all. Was, I thought it was supposed to be like fun. I only had like one fun class in 10th t- grade, and I was choir. So that was the only class that made me feel like better. Now, why did it suck so much? Because you didn't have help that well, adequate help in getting you what you needed to succeed. Yeah, and that just caused a lot of anxiety and stress, and it just didn't feel good. That's understandable completely. I did not like school. Like another reason why I failed those two classes in tenth grade is because I just didn't care anymore i stopped because there was like i felt like there was no point like i wasn't even right i felt like i couldn't even get it up so i just gave up well that's understandable when you're trying to achieve something and then circumstances are not allowing you to achieve it so that's that's a defeating feeling i could get that yeah so this year is so far, way better than the last two years. What, what was what was your TC supposed to do? Like, explain to me and everyone else who may be listening what the the TC is supposed to do for you. Um. Well, they are supposed to like be there for me when I need help, so I can go down to their room and I and they can like individually come to me and like. Because they don't personally teach a class, right? Oh, no. Okay. Now, some of them do, like the RSC teachers do, but the TC doesn't. It's just they're free to help, like, help you. Right. So they're there for guidance. And when you have a question, you go to them. When you need direction and help, that's what they're there for. But yeah. if you're a student, like you were a, a freshman in some of your sophomore year to where yeah. you're afraid to ask questions or even ask for help or even leave the classroom because guess what? You are now the center of attention when you stand up and walk out of the room. Oh, yeah. Um, since that is anxiety-ridden, mm-hmm. um, what, what do you think a TC should do if they know that you're failing these classes and you're not willing and you're having a hard time coming down to them? yourself i mean do you think that they should be calling down to your class or do you think they should be walking down your class pulling you out say hey why don't you come down here or whatever well that still causes attention and for me that's unnecessary attention that i need and that's just right but if you're not willing to do it yourself yeah i mean now i do it myself but because i don't care anymore you know i just like okay i'm going to get help so what but, well, you've yeah, because now you've kind of established yourself in the school, and yeah, and you've and you've realized. I think part of it too is that you you get you're getting special accommodations for your bus busing to school, mm-hmm. and you're riding a bus with um, kids who are much more severe mental health than you. Yes, right. We're talking. Yep. And what kind of what kind of ailment? Um, some of them may have like major like autism some may have like down syndrome and like can't even speak or stuff like that but you're you're with them every day and you're helping the bus driver out with them and they love you to death yeah those kids are so nice and lovely but it puts you in a different it gives you a different set of mind yeah when you're in school with other kids Mm -hmm. and you're probably realizing too that some of those other kids in your school your peers a lot of them them don't give a shit yeah there's only a few of my friends that actually care and will ask me you know like if i'm okay and like am i can am i actually getting the help i need because are you yes now i am yes well you no longer have that tc anymore right no what are you you doing now i actually have an rsc which is um they're kind of like a tc except they teach a class so but they, but they also have, like, a period or two where they don't teach a class and they are down in, like, this RSC room where everyone who has an IEP is open to and they can go down there. And there's usually, like, two RSC teachers in there with, you know, so 
it varies, you know. So, mm-hmm. er, so, so everyone should know like every topic, you know. So no one there doesn't know one topic, so they can. And, I'll and help it was something that was harder for Ruth and I as parents because honestly, I, I don't remember algebra anymore. Right. And so she brings her homework home. I'm looking at it, I'm like, honey, I wish I could help you. I really wish yeah. I could. I basically stopped asking for your guys' help. I, I, I can't do that anymore. I know you guys can't right. help me. Unless it's like history or something. But math-wise, no. Yeah. I mean, I'm not I'm not going to remember all that stuff. High school was a long time ago for me. <laughs> yeah. So now I actually have two kind of like special classes. Where instead of instead of like normal like algebra two or English, I actually have like an RSC teacher teaching it, and it's making it easier for well, me. Well, it's, it's less students in the room. Oh too, yeah, right? there's only like ten or less. Right, right. Because normal rooms have what about thirty students in them? Yeah, about like thirty. So you have one yeah. teacher for thirty students. Right. You know, and and I I think this country could do well by looking at. Honestly, Finland. Finland's got the best education system in the world right now. Mm-hmm. And their the student to teacher ratio is much, much smaller. Um so it's like plus they also pay their teachers like they are doctors and lawyers. It's one of the top three professions in the country is being a teacher. Teachers should get paid more. Definitely. Way more. Yeah. <laughs> it's um, important. And honestly, class sizes need to be smaller with or without disabilities. You know, right, a class yeah. size of 30 with one teacher, there Kinda, isn't one kid in there that's going like, to get hands-on. Yeah, it's like help. chaotic, you know. Well, you know, right. my, my sister-in-law is a teacher. She's a, She's been a math teacher for years. She's got her master's and so on. But And, and I've, we've talked to her about this. And she's even said, she's like, uh, she's like, I got, I, she goes, I see 150 students in my a day. Mm-hmm. Um, do, all, do my students have IEP? She goes, some of them do. She goes, but I can't remember who. Like right. I, I see 150 students a day. Yeah. She goes, and I, yeah. and I rely on them to come and remind me. She goes, and I have no problem helping them or giving whatever accommodations they need. But I have 150 students. <laughs> I can't remember all of them, right. which is, yeah. makes sense. And that that's what started you off, Kirsten, in the beginning. That was kind of hard because you were shy. And, and I wouldn't tell them. I right, just relied on you guys or other people like telling them. Now – the teachers I have this year, I told them my, you know, my IEP. Thankfully, they actually remembered. Some I don't know how they remembered, but every time I get like a test or like homework, mm-hmm. it's like already modified. Well, like good. all my tests are well, modified. They, they probably wrote it down someplace, or it's on their computer, or whatever. They've made a note someplace about it. Um, yeah, which will help them. Will yeah, because yeah, because one of my teachers like, you know, Mr. Like one of my teachers, he um. You almost said the name. I know. <laughs> he will um give me a quiz or a test, and he's like, "You can go down." So he already just remembers. And are you afraid to tell, uh, say, "Hey, can I go down there or whatever no. room and see so and so or whatever"? No, not anymore. I not just anymore. go up to them. I'm like, "Can I go down to like RC?" No. If you could give suggestions, if they had a suggestion box at your school that you could write something down and give a suggestion how they should how they could improve this system with the IEPs and the TCs and the RNCs or who are the the ROTCs or the POWs or whoever they are. Yeah. Um I went military for some strangers. Um, <laughs> You're just throwing acronyms around. Yeah, just <laughs> Um, so if you had, if you could give them some advice or from someone who's living through it right now, what would you say? What would you like, what suggestions would you throw out? Like what? Just like them improving education or something? Well, just yourself. What what do you think that they could do to make the process for you easier? Like go back to your freshman and sophomore year. What could have they have done differently that may have been better for you? Um, I don't know. Probably better, like communication wise, because just I don't know. Find like someone that can make you comfortable, and because I had really no one was really comfortable to talk to for me. I was 
so like shy and awkward and everyone just didn't seem I think to it me ta- like trustworthy enough and like it takes a special somebody to be able to work with kids that have issues yeah so i need someone that just seems friendly and seems to know what they're doing to make me feel comfortable like oh that i, I think you got you know. put in a position where the people that were put in charge were treating it more like I don't know, treating it more like a job, maybe uh, treating yeah. it more like a like they're a professional, and not necessarily treating it as, as I always say, people don't care how much you know until you they know how much you care. So if they're not sure yeah. that they care about you as a person, yeah, you don't give a shit what they're doing, yeah, because and you're probably not yeah. going to say much. Mm-hmm. And I think that was part of the problem was that TCs that you were getting. I think I think a couple of them your freshman year yeah. were okay, but then they were jerked away from you, and you were thrown into somebody else again. Um, yeah, I think that those, some of those people were treating it more like this is my job. I come to school every day. It's five o'clock in the morning. I got my coffee, and they treat it like a freaking job. And right. they're not treating the stu- the kids as like, are you in it for the kids? Or are you in it for because you need a career and you need money? I know we all need a career and money. Know, right, but yeah. when you're working with kids, when you're working with, you know, trying to help educate our next generation, I think you need to take it a, a bet uh, a little step further than this is a job. Yeah, you need to have a passion for right. actually teaching kids and helping making a difference in a child's life. If not, you're in the wrong career. You shouldn't be there. Yeah, because it it's not going to edify the kids at all. And yeah, you're paying your bills, but I mean, you could go be an ultrasound technician, go to school for a couple of years and not have to worry about dealing with kids. But if you're not passionate about helping and forming children into, you know, successful adults, you need to find a different career path. Definitely. Yeah. Um, there is someone in my school that I really love. She's a social worker and she basically gets to know every student that she that sees her I've met and, her a couple of times. She's a cool person. Yeah, she's everyone likes her. And well, and that's and that's you she know, cares and, about us too. You know, she always asks us, like, and it's evident. Like, how's your day? Even students who are like already graduated will come back just to visit her. To, you know, tell her about how their life is now, and and that's pretty like cool. That. And she also creates this um little activity thing, like group, like during um, basically my fourth hour where it's called peer-to-peer and basically um, it's where you get to meet strangers and get to know someone new but it also like helps you socially get better and uh, you know they like sometimes give you activities like put you into groups with people you may not know and then you get to know them and you know they do fun activities and I think that's, that's something that we can recommend to a lot of people too is like get yourself involved in some type of extracurricular activity. Get yourself, yeah. whether it's a sport or it's a debate club or a chess club or something geeky, yeah. whatever. Because then, just, yeah. Because then you're around other people who are, who are liking the same things you do. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you can find commonality with somebody, then it's a lot easier to, build a relationship with that person. Yeah. And I'm not going to, and I'm not saying that the people that were working with you, the TCs and so on, that in my opinion have failed you in some way. Um, I'm not saying it's entirely their fault or their personality that wasn't working or they were just treating it as a job, which I think were all aspects of it maybe. Yeah. But I'm looking at us too. Is a lot of them are probably burnt out. A lot of them probably have taking on a lot more, responsibility than they should have. Sort of like your TC that you had your freshman year, no, your sophomore year, when I specifically asked if they're going to have someone to replace her when she goes and has her kid, Mm -hmm. and they had nobody lined up. So it just tells me, like, you're still paying for her for her maternity leave, which means you have money to do that. Yeah. But you don't have any money to bring in somebody else to replace her. Right. Yeah. So it means, so kids are falling through the cracks because Mm -hmm. someone has to take some leave. And it just doesn't seem right, you know. And, and unfortunately, yeah. it looks like things are only going to get worse because of who is in charge of our education system in this country right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're not going to go on a political rant. But 
at least some things are working out for you. Yes. And I know there's programs in place in every school district. If there's parents out there who have kids who are in this, either autistic or in some other mental health, whether it's anxiety or depression or whatever it is, unfortunately, from a parent who's been living this for the last 17 years, you have to be a go-getter. You got to be noisy. You got to say something. And there's something that my that Ruth was struggling with because she's not a person that likes to get into people's face. Mm-hmm. But as my sister-in-law would say, the one that was a teacher, she was like, the squeaky wheel gets the oil. Mm-hmm. I mean, and unfortunately, the more you email us, the more you're badgering them, they're finally going to start paying attention to you. So if you want things to be done better for your child in whatever school district you're in, you have to be noisy about it. Yeah. You, you just have to. It, it kind of sucks that you have to do that, but you do. And realize that a lot of these school districts are going to be understaffed in this situation. I know Utica Schools, I think, is like miles ahead of a lot of other school districts right now when it comes to mental health with kids and so on. Um, their superintendent out there is doing an excellent job out there. Of course, I'm hearing other horror stories from parents about her, because, <laughs> who, of who people who work under her because she's a really like a, you know, ball buster, I guess you could say. Uh, but they're doing some great things out there for the autistic community and so on in Utica Schools. Um but to wrap all this up is what I'm trying to do is that we're obviously underfunded, obviously underfunded when it comes to mm-hmm. public schools. And we're underfunded statewide even when it comes to mental health. Like I said, I, I will not get myself diagnosed as being autistic because I will never be – I'll have to pay for my therapy then. Right. Um, so I'm diagnosed as bipolar and depression um, so I can still go to a therapist. Um, so it, it's crazy. Really? It, it's stupid. Yeah, it's really stupid. Huh. Even though I'm not bipolar, nor am I depressed, um, but that's what they do. So I can still see a therapist all the time. I have my health insurance pay for it. And I know it's not just state stuff because that's health insurance right. crap. Yeah. Um, so there's stuff there that needs to be reformed. Um, and so I think uh, there's just issues everywhere. But like I was saying before, the parents really have to go out of the way, work really hard to get the care and the need for their kids. Yeah. It, it sucks. It really does. You know, my my brother and sister-in-law actually have a son who is, he's too young to be diagnosed with schizophrenia, but he is schizophrenic. Mm-hmm. He's got yeah. an IQ of, what, 70, I think. Um, he still goes to speech therapy. I hardly, I still have a hard time understanding him. But he just turned oh, 13, right? 14. He's 14 now. Um, great kid. I think lovable kid, but he can get ultra violent and so on and so forth. And they have to go and spend so much of their own time and so much of their own power trying to get the care that he needs. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And and it sucks, especially when you have parents who both work full time. And unfortunately, families can't have just one parent working all the time, at least not that much anymore. There's the rare cases here and there. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I just talked to a coworker today and we're running out of time. I walked to a coworker today who's kind of going through the same things you are, Kirsten. Yeah. And she actually had to move her kid out of the house and live with her in-laws hmm. because she needs 24-hour supervision. Wow. Her vice is overeating. Where yours was cutting, hers is eating. And so she was getting bigger and bigger. And she and her mother's like, I can't watch you all the time to stop you. Right. Because mm. she, she has to work. She's a single mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was her ex's parent in-laws or something like that. So it was her ex's. So and she's like. Sucks that she's going so, through that. And, so, and her daughter's like, you're kicking me out of the house? She goes, yes and no. I'm <laughs> doing this for your own good. I can't watch you. Right. Because I have to work. <laughs> right. And But that's the predicament some parents are in. And it sucks. Yeah. And so to kind of wrap this all up, um, it, it's this is a problem and it's continuing to be a problem. I think more and more people are being diagnosed with something or something other thing. And I think, I think we're finding out that standardizing anything is just not working and we need to actually start paying attention to how kids and how different people learn. Yeah. Um, and how, you know, some people like to ask questions, other people like to have hands on, some people like to read, some people can watch videos, whatever it is, people learn differently and we need Mm -hmm. to figure out what those different ways of learning are. 
And Finland's doing an awesome job. I think I recommend people checking out what they're planning, what they're doing out there. And I don't have time to get into it. <laughs> um, but anyways, that's kind of going, that's it for this episode. Um, Kirsten, thank you for braving again to come out here and talk to two or three people no about, uh, about your, about your issues. Um, I know your biggest issue is that you're my daughter. I, I get that. <laughs> um, Jess, thank you for putting up with us. My pleasure. It's interesting <laughs> hearing about all of this to me. So I enjoy it. And then um, we're wrapping it up short this time around. So um, just because it's just us here and we're getting kind of hungry, we want to go eat something. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, so again, we can find us on Twitter at uh, punk at punkwise. Uh, Facebook at punkwiser17 and our email address is punkwisdomfamily at gmail.com so reach out contact and let us know what you're thinking give us ideas if you want us to talk about something else I'm trying to get some different guests in here we'll have some fun and have at it you guys have a great weekend go see Star Wars for crying out loud <laughs> we're signing off go Bye.